I remember the very first time I ever heard this song. Won't y'all stand with me? First time I ever heard this song was the General Assembly of the Church of God and the choir got up and the band began to tune. And as they began to sing this song, I was just overwhelmed with emotion. Never heard it before and as I was listening and hearing the, the words breathe on me, breathe on me like you did on the day of Pentecost. Like you did when you breathed life into Adam that sixth day. When it says we're all here gathered together just like they were. Then my prayer is God breathe on me. I spoke it a few moments ago. I said God don't let me get up in that pulpit this morning. But what I haven't got the breath of God breathing over my spirit. I've learned that I can do very little without him. His touch upon our lives. And this morning I want to challenge you. It's a message to Todd and Rhonda, but it's relevant to all of us. You see, I could have just brought them to my office and had a talk with them and said, Hey, the Lord has given me a message for you guys. But in preparation, the Lord said, No, this is for everybody. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 6. And in the minutes that we have this morning, I'll be very careful with the time. Preaching the message it's right there next to, you know, Super Bowl Sunday. We're on the winning team. Amen. We're on the winning team. Now, probably not a whole lot will connect with that title, but I thought it was appropriate for today. So that title, different message. <laughs> we are on the winning team. I want to look at, at the life of Elisha, the prophet Elisha. And I want to mention that it's so good to see the Andersons with us today. God bless you guys. Missy and Dave, we love you. Welcome home. 2020 vision, theme from this year, focus. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the cry of our hearts that we look like heaven, talk like heaven, worship like heaven, that it feels like heaven in here. The prayer of God, Jesus said, when you pray, pray this prayer. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's our heart's desire to make this place look like you're looking in the window of heaven. We won't stop till we get there and hear a trumpet. I will stop when I hear the trumpet. But in the meantime, we have, we have a, a work cut out for us to do. And this morning, I want to let you know that we're all on mission. Todd and Rhonda are on mission. They're headed, they're headed towards Paraguay. It's a whole new world, a whole new culture, a whole new language. They're ready to go. God's going to be with them. They're on a mission. When you are a man or a woman on mission, you're unstoppable. We've preached that message. I want to show you this morning that the man or woman that's on mission, they can see things nobody else can see. Now there is a place spiritually where you can get to, an intimate place spiritually in the power of the Holy Spirit where you can begin to see things others don't see. We're going to talk about that. In the minutes that we have. Elisha was a man on a mission. Was there trials? Yes. Attacks? Yes. Impossible situations? Yes. But Elisha knew that he was on the winning team. The scripture says, and the story is a familiar one. Listen closely. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with the servants, saying, my camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God, 
which is Elisha, sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass that place, this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to that place, of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or even twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing, and he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, who's the traitor in our camp? Who's leaking information out about who, where we are and where we're going? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel. He tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, Go and see where he is that I may send and get him and he was told him saying surely he is in Dothan therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there and they came by night and they surrounded the city and when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots and his servant said to Elisha after he had his stressful panic attack he went back in he says alas my master what shall I do? What shall we do? Elisha, not surprised at all, because he knew things in the spirit, said, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Do not fear. There are more that are for us than are against us. There's more that's for us than are for them, that are for the enemy. Let me tell you, it may look scary but it's not scary at all. There is more that are for you than are against you. Amen and amen. Father, we ask your blessings on the word of God. Pray by your Holy Spirit you will anoint the vessel, God, that the message will come through. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. When God opens your eyes, you see what others cannot see. This is a beautiful story of what happens when God opens the eyes of your understanding. It's plain as the nose on your face. Elisha didn't look bothered. He wasn't stressed out, wasn't having a problem here. The entire city is surrounded by enemy. Thousands of horses and chariots all geared up and ready for battle. And they're all pointing at Elijah's little house, Elisha. And as he's there... The servant is about to have a panic attack. He's going out. He's a nervous wreck. He sees the hopeless situation. He thinks it's all over. They're going down for the count. And Elisha just sips on his morning coffee, walks out on the porch, and just says, what are you afraid of? Well, I don't know. Only about 10,000 chariots and horses looking at us right now. Don't fear. There's more that's for us than are for them. Then he turned around with all those enemies staring him in the face 
And he says, Lord, open the eyes of my servant that he may see. And right then, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit gave him the smackdown, opened up his eyes, and he stood back. And there in the mountains, which, by the way, I've been there. <laughs> the mountains all around them were jam-packed full with hundreds of thousands and thousands of chariots, and warriors, a fire. Can you imagine what that looked like? I can't even think about it. But listen to me. That Elisha was preaching and teaching something there for the scripture for us to grab hold of here today in 2020. That we, if we had any clue, had any idea, there's a bunch of folks here on any given weekend, we run around 1,100 people, but guess what? I'd say 1,100 is a puny number in comparison to the angels, the warrior angels that are filling this place right now this morning. I believe there are 10,000 angels of God that are all jam-packed in the lobby, and all you're going to have to say, excuse me, when you're walking out into the lobby this morning, when you get down to the reception for Todd and Rhonda, you're going to have to Wait in line. There might be 5,000 angels that's ahead of you because I'm believing that if we could just see with eyes that God wants us to see with, if we could see with the promise of his holy word, if we could, get, be, could begin to truly understand in the spiritual realm what is happening in our reality, we wouldn't be able to stand ourselves. We'd have more than one or two runners on a Sunday morning. We'd have one or more than one or two folks that come down to the altar. We would see a mighty move of God and a bunch of folks that think they got religion all figured out would lose it real quick when the power of God would fall in the place like fire. Breathe on me. Breathe on me. Touch us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. That night at the General Assembly, they were singing, breathe on me, and I was feeling that sense of God. That's my prayer. That's the cry of my heart. Breathe on me, God. You all that I do. And Lord, I want to feel and sense that empowerment that comes from your mighty hand. Breathe on us. That can be reflected in the words that Elisha prayed over his servant. Open his eyes. You see, God wants you and I to live on purpose. He wants us, this is a dangerous time for the church. The Bible says in the last days that men's hearts will fail them for fear. Fear will take over over faith. Fear is the enemy of faith. Fear, there's so much fear even in the body of Christ. There's fear everywhere. People are panicked. They're stressed out. There's all kinds of issues and concerns. And, 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 and as well, there is a, a watered down kind of gospel that's just covered the earth where it's made it easy for you and I to slip in and slip out and live any old way we want to. I really genuinely believe it's not about doctrine coming out of Cleveland, Tennessee, but a doctrine coming out of the Word of God and how we're supposed to live our lives before God. I don't preach religion to, to get you to sign the dotted line. I preach religion. I preach the faith of the Word of God that it might transform and change our lives to reflect the image of a 
powerful Elisha or a powerful Moses or David. I want to look and act a lot like the folks that are already walking the streets of gold this morning. I want to be on purpose. When God opens your eyes, things, everything changes around you. You walk into a circumstance or a situation where everybody else is all upset and all, and all stressed out. And you, you're seeing the same thing they're seeing. You're seeing the, the limited resource. You're seeing the trouble. You're seeing the problem. You're seeing the trial. You're seeing the, the heartache. But as you walk in, you see something else. You, you see a little bit more than they see because where they see tragedy, you see testimony. Where you see heartache and trouble, they see where, where they see heartache and trouble, you see hearts being healed and lives being restored. Where you walk into a situation and others begin to see the pain, you know the glory of what comes when you trust in the living God. When he opens your eyes, everything changes. You become bold. You become courageous. You can face a fiery furnace if you have to. You can face a lion's den if you must, you can stand at the Red Sea, the Jordan River, or the Great Miami. It don't matter. You can stand before that, and it'll part one way or the other. I was down, you know, a few weeks ago at the Jordan River. We, had, we got baptized down there, and I, I got to admit, I did do it. There was a moment where nobody was watching, and I went over and just stuck my foot in the water thinking it might part. That was faith, but it didn't happen. <laughs> but I put my foot in. I put my foot in. He, might, he may not have had that miracle for me just then, but I guarantee you that if I ever did need it, it's in my back pocket. <laughs> guarantee it. Because when God opens your eyes, everything changes. You can face anything. You can stand toe-to-toe with your enemy. You quote an old Clint Eastwood movie. You can look straight into the face of the devil, not in my own strength, but in the power of God, in the power of his spirit. I can look at the enemy right in the face and say, go ahead, make my day. You can do that because we trust in God. He makes you unstoppable. When God gives you insight into the reality that's really around you, if you could just see and spiritualize this morning how many spiritual beings are in this very house, if you could sense or know where the Holy Spirit is hovering over us, if you could just sense where the presence of Jesus might be walking down the aisles. He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us, so I'm here, so he must be somewhere in the room. And so I wish I could open the eyes of my understanding and see beyond just the reality that I call this life because I believe that eternal things are the things that last. They're the real life that we want to know and we want to experience become unstoppable when you understand and truly begin to sense and know the power of God. I'll never, next, last Sunday morning, I was blown away by my niece. She had been with uh, her little baby, Kaysen. She's got two little babies, and Jessica's just for, for a couple of weeks now. It was nearing a month. Uh, Kaysen was just suffering, very sick, and couldn't get anything to help him. He, he was so bad off that 
um, the doctors that we're working with him, they, they said, it looks like we're going to have to uh, take him to the hospital. We're going to have to admit him to the hospital. He had been weeks and weeks trying to be better, and he wasn't. He would just scream and cry. He was so sick, and, and, and Jessica would cry, and she would just hold him night and day. All night long, she'd walk the floors, and she'd be with him. Everybody in her family, would they, everybody would take turns trying to hold him, but he only wanted Jessica. He would just cry if anyone else just touched him. He was so sick, and it had been this way for over three weeks, and we were praying, and we were believing, we were trusting, we were asking, we were pleading, but oh, you know what happened? Last Sunday morning, she got here just a little late, and she thought that the prayer time had already taken place, but she came in the side door over here, and as she did, she was holding that little boy, and she had been told that she had to do an x-ray on Monday morning. This was last Sunday. On Monday, they were going to do one final x-ray and admit him to the hospital, and he was going to have to do that, and she came into the church, and she was holding him, and she didn't care whether we had had prayer or not. She didn't look at the order of service. She got out, walked across the front, walked all the way across here, and met me about right over here. About that time, about 20 people got around her, including her doctor, and laid hands on little Cason, and the Holy Ghost fell in this place as we prayed. And I felt like something broke. You know what it was? It was a mother on a mission. A mother that could see something beyond the circumstance that she was in. And I want you to know, she went ahead with that x-ray the next morning, but you shouldn't be surprised that within an hour or two, they called her and said, all clear, everything's good, no problem whatsoever. I'm telling you, he's a God that'll show up. Hallelujah. He's a God that'll show up. He's a God of power. Oh, Lord, open our eyes that we can see. Open our eyes to see beyond the circumstance, to see beyond where we are. Don't you fear not one day. Don't you be discouraged not one minute. You've got a call of God. And if you've got a call, you've got marching orders. And if you've got marching orders, then you've got a victory that's waiting for you. The power of God will meet you there. He'll provide. He'll make a way. No matter what it looks like, don't be surprised. Don't, don't, don't be careless. Don't go out like Elisha did and just sip on coffee and laugh a little. You know, be prayerful. Trust God. As you trust him, you're going to be sending back testimonies left and right of all that God is doing. And we will stand and celebrate with you every single time. Every time. We could just see with spiritual eyes. The Lord means for us to live supernatural. Now I know there's a lot of churches, a lot of preachers, a lot of folks want to tell you, you need to calm down. You need to just chill. You Pentecostal people, you're so wild. Y'all get so emotional. Y'all get so, you have fits. What's up with y'all? Yeah, I don't know. I've been trying to figure it out all my life. I remember what it was like as a kid to go down to the altar and pick up bobby pins after the service because of all the beehives and the women that would shout. I knew what it was like growing up to go fall asleep on the pew because we'd be at church till 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, people praying through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and they'd get it. They'd, get, they'd have the experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit. I remember those days, and I remember what it was like. God has called us to live an intimate 
supernatural life. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 proves it. It says that the Lord, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. The hope of his calling. I'm going to say it one more time. The hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? How many of you believe this morning? Exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Exceeding greatness of his power. That's what we're to walk in. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm praying this morning, open the eyes of our understanding. Open up our eyes and help us to see, to see beyond our circumstances, to see beyond what's happening in our reality, to look beyond the facts and to look beyond all of the stuff and to really, really begin to see with spiritual eyes so that we would know without a doubt that we are on the winning team. We are winners. God never loses. God always wins. You say, oh, you don't know what I'm going through. Hang on. No, you don't know what I've been through. Don't give up. I'm telling you, Pastor, you have no idea the pain that I've been through, the tears that I've cried. I I'm sorry, get you some ice cream. But at the same time, don't throw in the towel because the only people I know who live a miserable life and in the end throw it all away are the people that give up too quick on God. If you'll hang on to the very end, he said they that endure to the very end the same shall be saved. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You want to talk about national security. That's security. It's power. When you are on God's side, you are a winner. God always wins. We see the story. We hear the story of Elisha with his servant. I thought it, I find it humorous that first of all they came. Here Elisha is telling everything, every place they go, and they think that Elisha doesn't know they're coming. It's like God just said, Elisha, they're coming after you now. Oh, Lord, what do I do? Just chill. <laughs> All right. The servant gets up, goes out. Ah! Freaks out. How many of us freak out? Every time we see our circumstances, freak out. And God, God was doing something. In Elisha, but he's doing something in that servant. That servant, Elisha, was training him up. He knew that one day he'd face all kinds of situations himself. You, you know, part of our job as a Christian, Brother James, and I love this is in your spirit. I've seen it since you've been here. 
part of what we do is we reproduce ourselves in others. We, we, we train up the younger. We train up the young men and the ladies of God. We, we want to give to you the tools. I, I don't want to walk around and be Superman in your life. I want to teach you how to wear a cape. I want to teach you how to pray through. I want to teach you how to use the scripture to hold on and to hold a promise in your life. I want to raise up giants left and right. I don't want a kingdom to myself. I want a kingdom for him. And I want the glory of him to be risen in the house, to be reflected in every life and in every heart. It's my desire and my heart that we raise up men and women of God who can trust him and can see their way through every trial, every storm. It doesn't matter what it looks like. don't matter what it feels like. We know God is working. I want that kind of attitude. And Elisha looked at this servant and he already knew that the enemy was coming. You aren't surprised we're in a spiritual battle every day, are you? We're in spiritual battle every single day of our lives. We fight, all, you're fighting at work, you're fighting on, fighting on the job, you're fighting things that come and sneak in the back door of your family, you're dealing with all kinds of issues, you, and you will forever. Poor little Israel, they're sitting over there in the middle of the Mideast, and man, I'm telling you, if you look at just one of their countries, it's unbelievable how big and massive that landmass is that's on one side, and then it's on the north side, the east and west side, and it's on the south, it's all over, they're completely surrounded by their enemies and they get one that gets okay for a little while and another one rises up and next thing you know Gaza's throwing the little puny missiles over into the desert trying to scare them there's all kinds of issues and things fighting at them all of the time they've done this for thousands and thousands of years I found it interesting that when I was in Jerusalem a few weeks ago the guy at the counter was speaking to me about the, I said, where is the Gaza Strip? I mean, where is all these bombs? I said, should we be afraid? And he was just like, no. He said, they, on the map, it's only this big, and they just, they send their missiles, and they go, pew, pew. He said, we don't even hear them. But they're enemies constantly, always coming at them, always hate them, always fighting at them. It's a picture of the church in these last days. It's a picture of the life of the Christian because see, you and I are called into this relationship with the eternal and we are fighting against good, with good, against evil. And in that process, we gotta understand, welcome to the club, sweetheart. We are in a battle for our souls and for the souls of our children and for all the human race. And it's a battle you can't sit back in your cute little pew and just be a good little churchgoer all your life. Somewhere along the line, you've got to gear up with the full armor of God. Somewhere in this battle, you've got to stand up and take some responsibility. We need some prayer warriors. We need some people that'll fight. We need people with faith that'll hold up the shield. We need those that know the word of God like a sharp two-edged sword. We need the body of Christ to stand up and be empowered to fight in these last days. Hallelujah. To make an eternal difference wherever we are. And that was the goal. Elisha wasn't concerned at all about 10,000 chariots staring him down. He was concerned, Brother Gary, that he had a servant that wasn't trusting God.
He didn't go try to meet with the general and make a treaty. He didn't try to go over and smooth it over. He didn't care about the enemy. He knew the enemy was coming. You ought to know the enemy's going to come. You ought to get your focus off the enemy and on your problem solver, God. It's time to get your eyes off of what's happening to you and start realizing God is going to get it through you. And you guys are going to have a victorious testimony. All them tragedies are turning into testimonies as you and I understand the power that is in an enlightened understanding. You can pray. You can pray power. You can pray the perfect will of God over situations. And as you do, the power of the Lord will break through every time. I've seen it. I've seen it. I see it a lot. I see it daily. I've seen it over and over and over again. Oh, mom, dad, don't you dare give up. Don't you quit now. You keep praying. You keep holding on because I promise you everywhere they go, there is a powerful angel force that is after them. It's before them, behind them, around them. When they wake up in the morning, the angels of God are right there on the job. They don't take a break. They don't take a vacation. They're constantly working. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He is always right there working the work that needs to be done. Don't you dare give up now. I've seen it over and over again. A mother will not quit. I knew one mama, she didn't quit. 15 years, she didn't quit. She just kept praying, kept praying, kept praying until that young man one night so mad at her, he, walked, he would go into her house, he tore up her Bible, he would just yell at her, cuss at her, he would throw stuff and break stuff. He was so mad at her, he'd say, you and your crazy religion, it was just a mess. They lived down in Tennessee, and this woman, was her testimony was this young this boy her boy that she raised that she birthed that she raised up in the faith he just got so mad he would just cuss her all the time until one day she just kept praying kept praying and kept praying it took 15 years but she remembers the night that he came home and he got on his knees in front of her bawling his eyes out and he said I can't do this anymore introduce me to the Lord you're praying to and he got saved, and that young man is now taking other young men like himself and testifying and turning them around. He loves street ministry. He's found every other rebellious kid he can find and letting them know the power that is in enlightened understanding and how you can know God is a powerful and mighty God. I'm telling you, don't you give up now. Don't you quit now. You keep moving in the power of the Spirit of God. Let him do the work. It'll be done to the victory, to the glory of his name. Hallelujah. Stand with me this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith, faith, believe. We need a spiritual awakening. We need to open our eyes. We need to pray that God will open the eyes of our understanding. I want everybody to bow your heads, everyone to close your eyes. I mean, close your eyes. Don't look around. I want to pray that prayer over you right now. And when I pray this prayer over you, I am praying that prayer over your lineage, over your sons and your daughters.
I have you in the palm of my hand. You belong to me. Will I not look after you? Do I not care for your loved ones? I am compassion. I am love. I am mercy. I am grace. I am sacrifice. I am power. I am might. I am deliverance. I am redemption. I am redemption that comes and brings salvation, rescue to the heart that is broken, and I am a God who heals. Trust and know that I am speaking to you by my spirit, says the Lord. I am your answer. I am all that you need. Look past what you see what you feel, what you think you know, and look to the hills. I am a God who comes to bring rescue and help to you. You must trust me now, says the Lord. I will open your eyes. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you, if you will, we have time this morning. Would you just step out and meet me in the altar? Would you just come as quickly as you can? a liar the enemy's a liar and he tells you you can't do it tells you you can't make it there ain't no answer can't get out there ain't no way out Holy Spirit of God Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of our understanding. Lord, do that spiritual work that opens our eyes to see. We know we live and we walk by faith, but God, sometimes it's what we see that gets in the way. Lord, we believe, help thou our unbelief. It's what we see. God, we see the, the facts on the table and we, we get discouraged. We see the circumstances around us and we, we feel defeated. Lord, open the eyes of our understanding so that when we see, 
we see hope. When we see, we see deliverance. When we see, we see healing and restoration. Lord, let our eyes be opened to understanding, to the revelation of you. This is not something we have to really request. We read the scripture in Ephesians where he said, this is what comes with trusting God. It's already yours, Amy. You already can see. So we just trust that God's going to help us to just welcome that revelation. Amen? How many ready to welcome the revelation of understanding, to be able to see what you couldn't see before. Some of you are going to walk out of here. Vicki, you're, you're going to go look at the circumstances. And you've been keeping score. You've been writing stuff down. You've been like, this is the way it is. But you're going to walk out of here today. And your eyes are going to be open to the understanding. Revelation is going to come. And you're going to be like, oh, no, 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 no. It's not the way it looks. Oh, there's a whole bunch of you. Holy Spirit, just put that in my spirit. There's a bunch of you that's going to walk out of here today. And you're going to say, Oh, it's not the way it looks. It's no longer the way it looks. It looks hopeless. It looks like there ain't no help. It looks like there ain't no way out. There ain't no escape. But, oh, it isn't how it looks. We're going to see something different right now. Are you ready? I'm believing God's going to do a supernatural work in the whole. My Lord, I feel him. He's going to do something amazing right now in, for every heart that will dare to allow his Holy Spirit to open, to do some surgery on your faith. Some of you need a faith lift. I just made that up. I'm going to write a book now. Some of you need a faith lift. You've done so much whining and complaining and grumbling that you've lost your joy. You've lost your hope. You, you're so mad at everybody all the time that you're a grump. Nobody wants to hang out with you. Lord, I'm meddling now, aren't I? I'm meddling. You're such a grump, mean old thing. You wonder why everybody walks down the aisle and turns and walks the other way when they see you coming. Because you've gotten so into your circumstances, that's all you can see. That's all you think about. What's going on? What you think you know, what you think you see. It's time to see with eyes of understanding. It's time to get a vision, a revelation of what God says over the situations. It'll, it'll turn you sweet, sweetheart. It'll turn you sweet as can be. People start calling you pumpkin again. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, for every willing heart, for every open heart, God, open the eyes of your servants. Elisha prayed that prayer, and I believe I can pray it, Lord, this morning just as good as he could. Not because I'm a match to him, but God, I've got the heart and the faith that he had. I love you with all my heart. And I pray right now, as pastor, you've, you've given me this assignment. I'm here standing behind this sacred desk. And Lord, I'm asking you, open the eyes of our servants. Open the eyes of your daughters and your sons. Open their hearts and eyes to the revelation of you and to your work, your power, your possibility, God. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Let people leave this house today saying, oh, I don't see it the way I saw it anymore. Let them new, have a new perspective on the problems and the circumstances. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, give them a heart to know and understand the truth of what you are doing in their life, their children, their grandchildren, their nieces, their nephews, their husband, their wife. God, in the name of Jesus, I break the back of every strategy and device poised against the child of God. In the name of Jesus, open our eyes to see that there are more that are for us than are against us. And if you are for us, who can stand against us today? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Open the eyes of our understanding. I want you to say that with me. Open the eyes of our understanding. Ready? Open the eyes of my understanding. One more time. Open the eyes of my understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. All right, now it's the Super Bowl. It's bad. It's bad. So go, Australia. <laughs> I'm such a weirdo. All right. I hope your team wins. Mine's doing pretty good. Richard, <laughs> dismiss us. All right. As you go out today, we want to remind you of a couple of things. One is, is that our Shalom ministry, our ministry to the homeless is coming up in just a couple of weeks. We're going to be taking over the whole building, serving uh, dozens and dozens of our homeless folks here in the church for the week. We need volunteers, people that are willing to help and serve. You can sign up. There's a table right out in the lobby. Look for Shalom. Look for Christian Mason. You can sign up there and uh, be a part of that. Also, we want to uh, run by you the uh, pastor's pick of the month. It'll be down in the bookstore this week or this month. It's called Leadership Pain, the Classroom for Growth. You can go by there and pick up the uh, pastor's recommendation. With that being said, God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon. Spend the entire day with your family. Have lots of fun. Remind you also to go by and see Todd and Rhonda out here across from the uh, cafe. Also, keep in mind the uh, OCA open house for the school next week. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.